at Simply Soccer. I am your host, Michelle Hootink, with my wonderful co-host, Christian Conway. It's good to have you back. I'm, I, I, it was weird being in chair one. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're home. I got positive reviews from people, though, but they were wondering what happened to me. My voice got hoarse because I'm a middle school teacher now, and I needed to do a lot more self-care. Um, so thank you so much, Christian. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, listeners. Thank you to the people who showed up to the pop-up and thank you of course to one two threads afja for making this happen if you guys don't know get on instagram get on twitter and like subscribe follow all the things you need to do for the latest galaxy fan merch and information and overall support if you don't know what afja does um, they support youth soccer in el salvador specifically and they do a lot of charity work so really awesome you can donate there and you can also donate soccer equipment and of course a Eliazar house shout out you guys we still have our articles and magazine issues uh, rolling and we still have copies of issue one and magazines for you coming October 3rd uh, but before we are able to hit that home game and enjoy the Landon Donovan statue unveiling LA Galaxy are still on the road uh, they're gonna be facing Austin FC and unfortunately drop points down in or up in <laughs> minnesota um so that was a really terrible 3-0 loss and it was a rough day it was a rough night uh for the galaxy and as a fan and so it, it really is just kind of hard um thank you to the fans who try to make it to the pop-up i know that you know it was a busy day and some people couldn't make it due to parking and whatnot and so you know, we really appreciate the fans that were able to show up and Unfortunately, the Galaxy were not the ones that were showing up, you know, for the fans. Um, a 3-0 loss when the Galaxy give up two goals, which Christian and I were arguing that there's nothing that they could have done about those first two. I disagree. I think Klinsman should have done better in that first one, and they should have brought in Bond. But on that third goal in the 66th minute, it just felt like that was it. The game was completely over for the Galaxy, despite having... 30 minutes left um how do you start with that first lineup and then you make your subs and how you know did they get out coached um you know this is the first time that this team was all together in training that this is a squad that's quote unquote gonna get it done according to sebastian legit if you haven't heard his interview um i really appreciate vanny of course legit and Sasha question for stepping it up and talking to the media. Um, you know, is it fatigue of playing the same teams over and over? Is this pressure um, as the playoffs are, are headed and you've got looming international duty? Give it to us, Christian. What's going on? So I think this game is one of those games that just kind of happened. And I, and, and, and I say that, you know, kind of running through my, my, my numbers and, I know that I have, I have long maintained that individual expected goals out of a game doesn't really matter, that it doesn't really tell a full story, that if you're going to use expected goals as a touchstone stat, then it has to be over five, six games. But let's look at the total XG in this game. Minnesota is 0.7, the LA Galaxy are 0.6, which indicates to me that one team just overperformed numbers. And if you look at the two goals that the Galaxy conceded early to Emmanuel Reynoso, those are two brilliantly good goals. I mean, they are fantastic goals. I mean, it's a 2% chance on the first goal and then a 2.86% chance on the second goal. Like, 
how many times are you going to give up those opportunities? And, and when we were talking about it kind of in our, what we lovingly call our green room about, oh yeah, maybe, maybe Klinsman should have been a little bit better on the first goal. I think he should have been, you know, even if it is through traffic, I mean, it's, it's a low kind of warm burner that, you know, he should do a better job of. But my frustration more lies in this game in the sense of the fact that the Galaxy had this in control. I mean, it's 65% possession, you know, match them on shots, match them on shots on goal. I mean, they were incredible in passing accuracy. They were incredible in total passes. And I think, you know, this game really changes when the Galaxy shift to a three back in the second half. And then all of a sudden you start to see the Galaxy really pressure in ways that Minnesota didn't really have an answer for. And, you know, I, I know when, when Jamie and I recorded, I said, you know, Minnesota struggles to score goals. If you think about the goals they, that the Galaxy conceded, Outside of that third goal that Ethan Finley scores, I mean, that's a, a breakdown of defensive coverage. You know, I understand why it happens. You're playing the offside trap. It's not always going to work. And it just happened that, you know, Ethan Finley sees that line, understands how to run it, makes a very smart run, and, and somehow gets one-on-one -on -one with, with, with Jonathan Klinsman. But I, I didn't think the Galaxy were particularly bad at moments in this game. Now, I think there were, there were times where, I mean, the Galaxy reverted to type where, I mean, there's 32 crosses in this game. That's an issue, especially considering the fact that, you know, for as much as they love Jovalich, um and as much as they love Chicharito, they're not Ibrahimovic. You're not pinging it to a guy that's 6'5". You're pinging it to two guys that are, you know, 5'10 and 6'1". Like, I mean, they're not, you know, big dudes. Um, but but I, I do think there was moments in this game that I'm like, okay, I like this. However, there was also moments in this game where it was just oh my, like, what is going on here? And I understand that, as, we, as you mentioned, and as, as we'll, we'll talk about as we, we, we continue to unpack everything that's going on, this is the first time the Galaxy have been healthy and not dealing with crises since the beginning of the season. And this week that they're going to have before they head to Austin, and I gotta say, and we'll talk about it later, Austin is a very welcome sight for sore eyes when it comes to the Galaxy right now. But it, it does feel like um, I, I was talking to a friend today, and we were both talking about Greg Vanny's kind of comments, especially at halftime, where, you know, I've never seen Vanny that mad. And Vanny literally said, well, we all should have learned that Reynoso was left-footed. And it was this sarcastic kind of just, like, anger that indicated to me that, like, maybe the team needed this. Maybe the team just needed to go out and get embarrassed because they needed Vanny to stick the boot in and just be like, hey, we've got to do better. And I mean, if you listen to Vanny's post-game com uh, comments, he's, it, it's, it's a very, like, we've all kind of been there, I think, where like someone insults you, but you're in a kind of a, a, a relatively polite setting where you can't go after someone, but you kind of have to like keep it down. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of that, that nice, nice anger, I guess. Um, but Vanny was very much that. Like Vanny, Canadian especially of him to be. <laughs> well, yeah. He, I mean, he he coached in Toronto for enough years that I, I, he picked up a couple Canadian traits. Um, but there was definitely a sense that I got from Vanny that you know maybe this is what the team needed, which was just a bad performance against a you know a, a team that is decently good. I mean, Minnesota is challenging for the playoff spots. You know, they're you know they're not you know they're they're a point ahead of LAFC. They're holding that last playoff spot. You know, decent points per game. They've been really good at home. I mean, seven, three and two at home, but you know, they're not a team like the galaxy, which was incredibly good at the beginning of the season. And then has started to tail off. So I, I think maybe the galaxy needed this in the sense that 
they needed Vinny to come into the locker room and just basically grab someone by the collar and say, we've got to do better. And it felt like the programming around this game was Vinny just being like, all right, hey, I've done everything I can. Now let's, now I need you guys to match that. I love your, your optimism, Christian. And I think it's what we all need. I think it's really easy to get down in the dumps when the playoffs are hanging in the balance, when the West is so tight that literally it's, it's one point that the Galaxy are ahead of Portland. And, you know, you're rooting against Portland, but at the same time, you're kind of glad that they won because, let's face it, we want to keep LAFC down. Um, you know, for all intents and purposes, you guys, we, we've got to face LAFC, uh, you know, on October 3rd. And so it, it's, a, it's a big deal it's a, it, right now, especially with everything that's going on. We always sound like we're saying... These are must-win games, but with everything literally being a point apart, it literally is points the Galaxy cannot afford to drop. To be honest with you, when I was watching this and they go down two in the first half, I that's not, I think, what any of us were expecting to see at all with this team. But at the same time, the way that you say it, it kind of isn't a total surprise all things considered of who's playing together, who they start, you know, in that first lineup. Um, you know, Klinsman has an off day, but also he's not our number one keeper, but you gotta have the rotation. Um, you know, Grant Sear though, he's played every single match and he's just been, yeah, he's just been the, the tension and the spark, I would say, you know, you, you are frustrated as a fan watching nobody get a, the ball behind the keeper get it in the net you know um you watch the galaxy just get punished for mistakes that they made you you watch this Misano team which you know their defense was on top of it there's no other way you know to to get around it this is you know something that the the opposing team just didn't make those mistakes as as vanny was saying in in the post-match interview and you know, the Galaxy did have good spots. I feel like, of course, like always, it's been kind of late. You know, timing, speed, execution, ball circulation, you know, possession, transition, and that counter, which that third goal uh, comes from to put the nail in the in the Galaxy's coffin for the rest of that game. Um, you know, it's, it's also frustrating. I mean, if you want to rant here, Christian, about the refs, because literally you just felt like, and always, 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 the Galaxy need to just play until the whistle is blown for one. And two, it was really bad to watch Rayon in the midfield just get literally stepped on. I mean, it's... Cleats up, and there's not even a card that comes up. And this is the second game, you know, the other one being against Houston, where you're just literally sitting there and watching these refs just hate on us. And I know that the, that the Galaxy have to just play, and they have to outplay and outwit, as we've said before, and outlast all of these things that are that are against them and we were kind of joking in the green room that you know mercury's in retrograde now and you know we're coming at you guys after dark on a full moon i mean i don't know get your get your curse breaking rain sticks ready because the galaxy need everything they can right now uh to to get everything right in their corner so to your to your point about refereeing i i i've run out of words i mean what Ryan went through in that center midfield. And, and I understand Ozzy Alonso has a certain cachet in terms of, you know, referees 
kind of let him get away with a lot of stuff. But, I mean, there was challenge upon challenge upon challenge upon challenge where I was... I, I, I tweeted out about it where I was like, what is it going to take to get a yellow card in this game? Is it going to take, like, someone drawing a machete out of their sock? Like, it was ridiculous. I mean, it, it truly was uh, incredibly uh, difficult to watch. Now, what I would say is... If you look at the two Reynoso goals, I mean, obviously the second goal is 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 quite frankly a matter for the Golasso committee. Um, but I, I do, I think when you talk about Minnesota, the one thing that we always talk about with Minnesota is defensive stability. That they are so good defensively that you know going down a goal early against Minnesota, you know, Minnesota is not going to be a team that's going to surprise or be flashy with, you know. A creative counterattacking play. They're going to be a team that just knows what they are, a four-four-two that you know sits deep, knows what it is, and going down a goal early against that type of team really makes it difficult for you to operate because, well, that's what they want. They want to score early because they are more than happy to play defense for ninety minutes. And you know, if anything, the Galaxy what what really would have benefited the Galaxy in this game is like taking this game nil-nil to like the 60th minute. Then Minnesota has to start taking chances, especially knowing where Minnesota was at that point in time in the conference standings. Then you start getting space, then you start exploiting that space. I agree with your point that you made about ball movement. I think Kobe Jones also mentioned this on the on the broadcast, and I I, I agree with that 110, which is that I think the Galaxy right now are an incredibly intriguing team to watch because they are fantastic in possession, but it's slow. And I think the Galaxy, and, and, and knowing Greg Vanny and what he did in Toronto, what Toronto was so good at was moving the ball quick to unsettled defenses and unsettled teams. The Galaxy, I don't know if it's a confidence issue or if it's a, a lack of reps or if it's a lack of just understanding between, between players. Because, I mean, v- Vanny has been very aggressive about tinkering his lineups. But they just don't move the ball fast enough. And you saw it against Minnesota. And, and, and this is kind of, as I hypothesized on Friday, and I will hypothesize here again, I think the book is out on how to beat this Galaxy team, which is just basically, hey, if you sit deep, pack the midfield with five, well, then the Galaxy can't move the ball fast enough in order to pull you apart in the way that's needed to get to a Chicharito, to get to a Jovalich who are making very smart runs. Like, I, I think the Galaxy, and, and I... I briefly discussed this with Hammer on Twitter, where uh, if you're going to use Jonah as a regista, then it has to be faster. Then Jonah has to be told, hey, I've got to move the ball quicker. I've got to be able to, to, to affect the game in a way that where I can see overloads and I can move it quicker. And it, it does just feel in these past couple of games, in, in the Houston game, it started to kind of tick to me. I, I, I think the Colorado game, you know, that was a very well-thought point. But in the Houston game, I was kind of noticing, and, and, and Kobe Jones in the Houston game referred to it as teacup football, which is that, you know, it's like the teacup rides at, you know, the fair or whatever, where it goes round and round and round, but there's no real kind of impact. And it looked like that, especially in the second half, when Vinny decided to go to the, the excuse me, the three five two, and started to kind of try and get the wingbacks more into the game, move Araujo into the midfield. I like that idea. I think it's very good. I honestly think the Galaxy are probably best suited to play that formation. But then why weren't they started with that? I think that was the most frustrating thing. And I, and I think that the Galaxy should have answered by the 66th minute. You know, they should have answered, at least got one goal back. I mean, it, 
Anyway, well, you go ahead. <laughs> and, 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 I mean, like, let's let's not kid ourselves. I mean, the Galaxy had their moments in this game. I mean, I, I, I point to the passage of play where uh, Araujo has a brilliant cross into the box, and Chicharito leaves it, and then Jovalich leaves it because he thinks someone's going to be on the outside, and no one is. Yeah. That's that indicates to me that's a team that's thinking, that's smart, that knows the the, the patterns of play that they they're looking for. I think that also indicates to me that that's a team that lacks confidence right now because no one wants to take that opportunity. Should Chicharito take it at the first opportunity? Eh, maybe. But Yovel should definitely be attacking that ball and know that there's no one behind him and, you know, he's got he's to ping that thing in the back of the net. Now, does that indicate to me a couple... That does indicate to me lack of confidence. That also does indicate to me lack of comfort in the system in the sense that Yovel has been here for what? You know, six weeks? Like, he hasn't been here a long time. And, and again, we, we, we need to discuss this concept that the Galaxy are approaching this week of training for the first time with a completed roster. Other teams have had that since preseason. We have not. Mm-hmm. And that's a big deal. Like, that is a very big deal. Now, I, I know I sound very positive about this about this 3-0 loss, and I'm not. And, like, let me make that very clear. I think the Galaxy just looks second best to every ball. Now, I think that that happens in MLS. This, this is a common thing that occurs. This was a very weird road trip in terms of the context of the Galaxy season. And I think, you know, again, as I said, they just needed Vanny to get in their ear and, and yell at them. And I, I, I hope that that message came through. Obviously, we're not training right now, so we don't know um, exactly how it looks. But I think if there was a wake-up call game that the Galaxy needed to have, it was this one. Because they're playing a Minnesota United team that has struggled to score goals, that has struggled in the final third, that... You know, for being as defensively solid as they are, they're carrying a negative two goal differential. They've been decently good at home, but not necessarily great. I mean, you know, you look at goals 427, that's the lowest of any of the playoff teams right now. I, I, I think if you're Vanny, you look at this team and you're just like, hey, like, how could we let this happen? And, I, and I'm not saying that we should compare ourselves as a franchise to the Kansas Cities, the Seattles, and the Coloradoes of the world. They have more complete structures. They've gone through these building years. The Galaxy are in a very tenuously weird place in terms of rebuilding, in terms of, you know, new head coach, completely new coaching staff, like trying to change a club culture that, you know, I think we can all agree was very toxic. But there there are basic standards that the Galaxy have to match. And I don't think they match it in Minnesota. And I think it's I, I don't think I'm I'm taking too far a step in saying, you know. When you control the game with 65% possession, you know, when, you, when you're destroying them on the pass, you know, when it's clear that, you know, Minnesota's defensive rotations are slowly starting to break down and you find the answer is 32 crosses in this game. I have a, like, I'm, I'm not wrong in saying that this was a bad performance. However, there are certain building blocks in this performance that I can take and I'm like, well, we go to Austin next week. I'm kind of okay with where we're headed. But this was not good enough. Right. And like you're saying, in terms of the sporting Kansas cities, the Seattle's, the Colorado's, which are sitting up top right now, um, you know, and our, and our biggest threats and, and who we've played against and, and whatnot. Um, I have to say, like, just, just watching these games, the, let's say the last two, Minnesota and Houston, where the Galaxy have chances and then drop points, right? Because a draw in that, in that game against Houston felt like a loss. And so 
it just looks like that Houston and Minnesota just wanted to win more. And so I'm not saying this team doesn't have passion because that is something that this team definitely has that other teams, um, other Galaxy rosters were missing. Um, you know, be it that you had a, you know, the, the coach who we're tired of talking about and, and whatever the case, but like, you know, now we have a fresh, a fresh start, but again, yes, like you said, this is something that these are growing pains. I was kind of texting Christian, you know, title ideas, like, you know, this is the last stretch, but it's also, you know, necessary suffering. Like this is stuff that, that we have to go through and, you know, as a professional, you try not to say we, but like even fans, we have to sit here and we have to watch our team struggle. And as Chicharito said, if, you, if you're not on Twitter and you didn't catch Chicharito saying about the passion and that this is how the game goes and, and the, the talk about the optimism, you know, that he has uh, for this for this club and, and for the love of the game. Um, I do think I do think this Galaxy team gets it. I do think that they do want it. I think. Like you said, there's just there's things that they need to work out with themselves, especially now that you said, you know, it's obvious we've got a full team now that's not plagued like it was before. Knock on wood, everybody, um, you know, superstitions, here we go. Because it's, it's just one of those things when, yeah, the Galaxy have tough teams to play. I'm not going to underestimate austin fc at all i mean i know that you said that they haven't won their last five games and unfortunately this is where i kind of you know put a little dent in in what christian was saying was that like okay but the galaxy tend to snap those streaks right if if austin fc is on a losing streak i'm hoping it's that we can keep it that way um you know that said austin fc ain't no punk <laughs> this is not a team that you can underestimate they are not a team you know, that for for any reason you think is going to take it easy. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I You know, for if we're going to kind of, because obviously we haven't been able to discuss the, the Houston game um, due to your unfortunate illness. Um, what I would say is I think between the Houston game and this game, the Galaxy just looked tired. And, and I understand, I, I kind of get why. Because, I mean, if you think about the 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 narrative of the season, and I, and I know we will get into the full narrative of the season when we start doing our end-of-season review, uh, where, whenever that comes. Hopefully it comes after an MLS Cup win. But, you know, you look at a team that really played, you know, kind of, you know, balls-to-the-wall, 90-mile-per-hour football. Like, I mean, they were, you know, they would win every game 3-2, and it was just, it was always a dramatic, intense affair Wow, my voice just cracked really hard there. Um, well, I was going to say, and, and the Galaxy, you know you know that they can come back, right? You watch yeah. them come back from so, deficits against LAFC. But, like, we so don't want to keep playing that way. So the, so the point I'm, I'm, I'm kind of trying to make here is that mm -hmm. they have a midfield that if you think about who the the critical core midfielders in this team are, Victor Vasquez, Sasha Kleshton, and Jonathan DeSantos. Well, all of them are over the age of 30. I mean, Sasha especially so. You know, Victor has proven to still at least be good, but like you have to manage their minutes and you can't play all out with that kind of structure. Like you can't expect them to be 110% like they're 22 years old every single week. And so I think what's happening is that Vanny's running into a very interesting and very difficult conundrum where it's like, well, we had a really, like we played high octane at the start of the season and now we're just kind of 
fading out a little bit in terms of our energy levels, in terms of our commitment levels. And that's not necessarily a dig at, you know, oh, they don't care. It's just, well, you know, how many games can you win 3-2 before you just start getting emotionally tired? You know, like, it does feel like the Galaxy have hit kind of a, I don't think it's a physical wall. I think it's an emotionally and mental wall where it's like, you know, they, they pushed themselves so hard in those first 10 games. And they were so good in those first 10 games that, you know, maybe we're starting to see like a team that just pushed itself a little too hard and then starts to have to integrate all these different pieces between Revolution, Cabral, Grancier, Jovalich, you know, like then everyone comes back and it's all healthy. Like, I do think this week is going to be oddly therapeutic for the Galaxy because I think they just need time together to like regel. And I think, you know, Vaney's been very, and, and Sasha has also been very big about this. And, and I, I truly believe that the current club captain is not Jonathan Santos, it's Sasha Kolechnin. He said, you know, like we need to be better about being mentally present from minute one, that we tend to fade out of games, that we tend to not start games with the intensity required. And, and I think part of me says, yeah, you guys don't. But also part of me understands that like, you look at the way this team played the first, you know, 10, 15 games of the season. Well, no wonder they don't. They're exhausted. They've gone through a ton here, you know? So, you know, I, I think if you look at the Galaxy's next next couple of games, obviously Austin away, that's going to be an interesting game just simply because Austin is the second worst club in MLS. They're only bested by Toronto. Toronto has officially signed on to the rebuilding year. Austin is going through the proverbial expansion year. Um, but then away to Real Salt Lake, difficult game. Home to LAFC, we all know how that game always goes. Then home to Portland, which I, again, difficult game. Away to Houston. Houston, not great, but away is always a difficult thing. Then home to Dallas. Dallas in a weird place. But then look at the last three games they played this season. Away to Sporting Kansas City. Away to Seattle. And then home to Minnesota. So I think there, there, there are opportunities here that I'm, you know, it's not going to be like we're looking at a stretch of five games. Where I'm like, yeah, if the Galaxy take 15 points out of that. That's a good thing. But there are individual opportunities that are going to be that if the Galaxy can sink their teeth into, then it's going to be okay. But man, is Austin away this weekend a very big deal? Yeah, it 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 really really is, and you know I I can't stop thinking about how all the players on our roster are playing for their spots. Nothing is set for sure. Who's even going to be in goal? I mean, we assume it's Bond, but look at how Klinsman initially was able to come in and we were all like, put him in. Um, and then, and then of course, he screws up and then we're like, no, put Bond back. Like, he could have handled that. Um, you know, obviously, the set guys, you know, Grant Sear has been solid. Um, you have... Um, why all of a sudden am I blanking out? I apologize, you guys. It's been a long day. <laughs> um, Ryan Revolution, obviously... Um, Jovalich and Chicharito, I think once they're, I don't think it's going to take much for them to gel. I'm, I'm so happy to have them up there. Um, I know everybody's been kind of not sure where Cabral sits, even though he's got like assists and goals and it's a kind of a weird place for him to be in. And, you know, I think he just plays a certain style. Um, to be honest with you, uh, I heard from G2 that if we could switch him out for his brother it would be better. <laughs> and you've got this guy in a DP spot and, you know, for crying out loud, I get it, um, especially you know with all everything else that's going on. I, I, I get, I get the frustration. Yeah. Can I make a quick defense of Kevin Cabral? Please do. He signed a young DP contract 
for five years. If that does not scream investment property, then I don't know what else does. He's not, we did not get a finished product. The Galaxy's job at this point is to finalize that product. And they pride themselves on their development. So it's fine if it's not good right now. And I honestly think Kevin Cabral has been decently good this season. And yeah, he hasn't finished. I mean, he should have had two goals in the game against LAFC at the bank, but Thomas Romero had other ideas. That's not his fault. That's just good goalkeeping. Like, we need to stop. Like, I understand. What, I, I get it, Galaxy fans. I really do. We, are, we have become accustomed to a certain level of luxury and excess and brilliance. And it's been dry. We yes. <laughs> However, we've got a 21-year-old kid that honestly is showing flashes of brilliance every single time he's on the ball. I think, you know, in the game against Houston, Cabral comes on and he completely changes the complexion of that game. You know, like Grancia, who, you know, he's a little bit more further in his development, but, you know, he's been brilliant. Like, it, it's going to be okay. Like, this is a rebuilding year. It's going to be okay. You know, like... The fact that we're fourth in the yeah, conference, and, like, yeah. like, all right, let's yeah. let's pull this thing meta again. Again, points points are very very near, but yes, Galaxy's still f- sitting fourth as we speak. Let's 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 pull this thing meta. All right, because I I feel like I need to because I I I had people in my mentions on Sunday that I could not believe we're saying that Vanny should be fired. We need to blow this thing up again. Oh yeah, no no, I'm I don't I don't want Vanny out. So wait, before you do, all I want to also add really quick is that I was listening to the post match conference call and you guys it takes 20 games for a player who's new to mls to get comfortable playing in mls and we pride ourselves as mls fans and we try to play balls and beers weekly i mean we joke on this pod but also we're serious we don't do predictions here and then you go over to play balls and beers with elias our house and tell me how hard mls is and, and I know, you know, and this is the point that I make too with the fatigue. It's like, you know, you usually get some kind of exhibition games where you get to see the West and the East play. And then our league isn't doing that right now. So, I mean, you're going to get, you're going to, this is what you're going to get as well. So go ahead, Christian. What I will say is I think if you looked at the numbers around this Galaxy team, they are leading the league. They're in the, they're in the top six in XG created, which means that expected goals, the Galaxy are in the top six. However, the Galaxy are also in the top six and XGA, which is expected goals against. Do you want to know who we're in the company of? We're in the company of Toronto. We're in the company of Cincinnati, Chicago, Austin, and Houston. Teams you don't want to be around in terms of that. Mm-hmm. So, Especially on decision day. What we are seeing isn't necessarily like anything shocking. Like This shouldn't shock any Galaxy fans. What we are seeing is a regression to the mean in terms of numbers that didn't really favor the Galaxy. Now, what I will say, in terms of all of those that are concerned about the playoff line, considering the fact that LAFC is at 8th with 33 points, the Galaxy is with 38 and 4th, currently the last bastion of a home playoff game. The point differential in terms of points per game between the Galaxy and LAFC is that the Galaxy are 1.52, LAFC is 1.32. I don't think they make that up, considering the way that that defense is playing. I like this Galaxy team in terms of that XG number. I think it's going to be okay. And I, if you look at Kevin Cabral's numbers specifically, at one point, it's got to come good. Just because he's gotten so many good opportunities that at some point, it's got to come good. It's, 
I don't think Cabral is a Wilhelmsen situation where it's like he scores one goal and we're all like, well, he should have scored, you know, 30. It's, I, I, I like this team on paper. It's really good. It's just been outperforming numbers. And, you know, as much as everyone wants to kind of yell at stat heads being like, oh, you guys are just a bunch of eggheads that calculate numbers and it doesn't mean anything. It's the eye test or whatever. I agree with you, but the, the numbers do tell you a story every now and then. The Galaxy's numbers have been, this team scores a lot of goals, this team leaks a lot of goals. What has happened over the past couple of weeks? Well, we haven't scored a lot of goals because our best goal scorer has been out injured for the past 10 weeks due to a calf injury that none of us can control. What have the Galaxy done? And then he got? comes back and gets an amazing header against Houston. Oh, yeah, scores, yeah, like, I mean, he, he's, he's back. But what has the Galaxy defense done that time? Well, they've leaked goals. Well, what does the underlying numbers around this team tell us? Well, the underlying numbers around this team tell us we will leak goals. Now, I think, you know, I, I, I have questions about Vanny in the sense that I don't know necessarily if Vanny knows, A, what his best formation is, and B, what his best defense is. And mm-hmm. this has been a conversation we've had with, with OS Our House, and I've, I've had this with other Galaxy fans where I'm like, you know, tomorrow, we talked about it on Friday. I was like, tomorrow, if the Galaxy were playing MLS Cup, who is your starting center back pairing? And I've, I've gotten a wide variety of responses, um, all of which... I think are not necessarily satisfactory. Um, and they're ishing on Koulibaly, right? Which is like they're com- trying to compare him to Siani, and I think it's too soon. Hashtag too soon. Well, I mean, Koulibaly can actually play with his feet. Siani couldn't do that. Um, I, I, you know, honestly, actually, in my if, if gun to my head, if you ask me, put a center back pairing together that wins the Galaxy game. Koulibaly's in it. Um, I think it's Koulibaly Steres. I think they've got a really good understanding, and I think both of them are really good with their feet. I think the problem with the Koulibaly and Williams pairing is that both of them are a little too aggressive for their own good. And if you have a center back pairing, I think what you want, and we definitely saw it with the Galaxy with AJ and um, Omar, which is that you need a guy that is a little bit more proactive defensively, and then a guy that's more than willing to sit home and cover in case that proactive center back gets it wrong. Well, AJ was always the guy that was proactive, and Omar was just really good at being an emergency defender. I think in the, the, the modern context of the Galaxy defense, if you've got Williams and Koulibaly in the field together, well, both of them are very proactive defenders, but then who's left if things go bad, right? Like, if both of them blow coverage, well, then what happens? Well, then you assume that either Araujo or Hamalainen, which seems to be the preferred option at left back, will come inside and cover there. Well, both of them are attacking winger or uh, wing backs, so they're not really going to be back. So then you just leave a goalkeeper one-on-one, and we saw that in terms of the uh, the, the chance that Ethan Finley had. Um, now, I think that's also them trying to play a, a uh, an offside trap that didn't necessarily work. I think Sterez, as a center back, is a little bit smarter than people give him credit for. So I kind of like that Sterez-Kulabali uh, pairing. Um, what about Williams? Well, my problem with Koulibaly and Williams is that they're both, as I just said, they're, they're both way too attacking in terms of just being mm-hmm. way too aggressive. Because, I mean, there have been multiple plays in this season where Williams has gone 3,000 yards upfield, and I'm like, but who's back there? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, like, yeah, who's back there? But then also, the, the, like, likewise, um, especially against Minnesota, I was like, wait a minute. Who are you getting the ball to? There's nobody up there. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and then that gets to another point of the Galaxy need to be a lot better about moving the ball quicker. And I think that's 
I, I think that's maybe the crux of this team right now and the issue around this team is that I don't think the Galaxy right now, and it could be because they're exhausted. I think that's a very valid argument to make because, you know, they've had to deal with injuries because a lot of people don't really aren't used to playing with one another. They just don't move the ball well. And it's, and when I say move the ball well, I mean, we, we've talked about it on this podcast before, especially in the game against Dallas where they won 3-0. It, there's a difference between very nice passing, you know, passages of play and moving the ball quick enough to unsettle defenses and pull teams apart. And that's where the Galaxy struggle right now, which is I think they struggle with knowing when to hit the speed when they have to do it. And I think that's the key to the next nine games of the season is that Vanny needs to tell his team, hey, we need to be a lot better about controlling tempo. If the Galaxy are really good at controlling tempo, then I think they're one of the toughest teams to play in MLS. They have not been good about that in the past three games. And it's why they lose to Minnesota. It's why they draw to Houston. And I think it's credibly why they draw to Colorado was because Colorado just couldn't get the ball off them, but they just couldn't move it fast enough. Um, against Houston, you know, Houston, that defense just was, they gave them so much time to set and sit and sit in low blocks of five and make it impossible for them to move through the lines. If you look at this game against Minnesota, well, Minnesota scores two early goals. What is Minnesota really good at? What have they been good at since Adrian Heath took over? Well, they've been really good about, hey, we're going to do the basics right. We're going to sit low. We're going to make it very difficult for you to operate through us. And then when we get our opportunities, we're going to take it. And yeah, they got two amazing goals out of Reynoso. And like, I'm not going to take anything away from him. Those were really good goals. But when the Galaxy were in possession, which they dominated possession in this game, they just didn't move the ball efficiently enough. And I think that's going to be the big focus over the next couple of weeks, which is that the Galaxy like playing against teams that give them the space. Well, what happens if you play a team that doesn't give you that space? And I think this is going to be very fascinating to see over the next couple of weeks because I think a lot of, a lot of teams are going to be like, well, hey, you know, we're not going to give you, you know, acres of space for Araujo to run into so you can ping the, the ball wide and then he's got, you know, an easy cross in or he's got a very easy through ball in. We're not going to give Chicharito you know, a six-yard run that's easy for him to do. We're not going to give Sasha Kledgedon, you know, five minutes on the ball to find a pass. We're going to make it very difficult. We're going to be compact. I think what the Galaxy need to figure out is, well, how do we move the ball fast enough with all these beautiful passages of play to unsettled defenses? That's the biggest question for me coming into the next nine games is how do we move the ball fast enough? Or I don't know if fast enough is necessarily the right word, but if efficient enough in order to pull defenses apart and get those moments of opportunity that they feasted upon in the first 10 games of the season. Believe. That's what I was thinking as you were talking, like the Ted Lasso, the whole thing. You play play like family, play, play like brothers. I mean, this this team is, you know, still fun to watch. And there's look at how much we're able to critique even after a horrible three lo three zero loss um i don't know, think the galaxy were bad against minnesota i really don't i just think it looked so bad i know that you made your point but but i'm just saying like initially when you're sitting there and you're just like seriously right now like so early and there's so much time but then the galaxy don't answer and anyways you know they're like like we we were saying i mean look you know the galaxy you know recover but they just run late um 
You know, it's an interesting contrast of like you have these guys that are over 30. I honestly didn't realize Vasquez was that much older. Um, and, but then you also have this contrast of young players who are like, uh, like uh, Cabral is like 21 years old. So, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting mesh. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm still proud of this team. You know, I, I still have hope. So, so, you know, here we go. So the other thing about it is what I will say for Austin away. The one kind of thing I will say is that Austin just conceded four goals to a San Jose team that struggles to score goals with a coach that is actively trying to get himself fired. So, look, it's probably going to be a shootout because the Galaxy defense right now is just not organized. But looking at that Austin defense, I'm really liking Chicharito for one or two in Austin. Like, I think it's going to be okay. Chicharito hat trick. I'm manifesting it now. I'm not just thinking of Chicharito hat trick. I'm thinking of Jovalich hat trick as well. Like, Ooh. that defense cannot defend for the life of them. It's an incredibly fun side to watch on the attack. They play. They flute. would score like that when, when they're away, wouldn't they? Well, no, I mean, here's the thing. is that Austin plays fluid, fun, attacking soccer, but then kind of when it comes to, you know, playing defense, they're like, um, we don't know how to do that. Can, can, can you help us? You know, like, Will Austin I'm fairly... swarm the galaxy the way that they get swarmed, like how they've been? So, so I'll answer the point in one second, but I'm fairly confident if you put you and I at center back for Austin, I think we could maybe do a better job than their center backs are doing right now. Oof. Um, which is saying no, something. If you guys have never seen me on a ball, it's bad. <laughs> um, I'm decent with my left foot. I've never played, and people just think I have for whatever reason. So, so what I will say about Austin is that I think Austin's going to... The way that Austin plays, and I think this is, this is a thing about teams that love a really high press, is that Austin looks tired. And, hmm. and, this, is, and, and this is something that really hurt the Galaxy when under, under, under GBS, which is that the Galaxy, we'd always say, well, they're going to hit a wall because just... Physically, you cannot keep that level of intensity over 32 weeks. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I understand, you know, I mean, you look at Manchester City, you look at Liverpool, I mean, look what happened to Liverpool last year. I mean, they, they completely fell apart because Jurgen Klopp demanded this certain level of press that just, you know, they couldn't do because they're, they're human beings, you know. I think Austin's running into that problem just a little bit. I also think Austin, for being a decently well-constructed roster really struggles in terms of when the defense starts to go, the offense starts to kind of get a little bit like, well, we got we to gotta get back there to help. But Josh Wolf is telling us we need to keep moving forward and keep expansive lines. Austin's more than happy to be incredibly expansive on the field. And the Galaxy, if there's one thing the Galaxy have been very good at this year, it's punishing teams that have been incredibly expansive. If you look at the home game against Austin, Austin really committed to a very high press and was very expansive. And what did the Galaxy do? They punished them every single time. That's why I'm a little confident about this game, where I'm like, you know, if you talk about center backs that have been kind of lazy, the Galaxy center backs guilty of it, but Austin's center backs have been incredibly guilty about being lazy all season. What is the one thing that Chicharito has been incredibly good at this season? It's punishing lazy center backs. They have a negative 15 goal differential. They have only won three games at home. This is an opportunity for a team that is very good on the road, oddly enough, 
one of the better road records in the West to really recharge right before the, the, the stretch run, so to speak. So I'm, I'm not calling it three points just yet. And obviously, as we know, we don't do predictions on the show. <laughs> I was about to be like, I'm going to go over to Balls and Beers and fill out their form right now. And I'm going to double down on the Galaxy the way you're talking. I wouldn't double down on the Galaxy, but I would maybe put a positive vote towards the Galaxy. Because I think what this Galaxy team is very good at, Austin is very bad at. And I think that is... It, it, I, I don't think it's going to be a shutout. Like, I wouldn't take a Galaxy Keeper this week in fantasy. But I think what Austin really struggles with, the Galaxy are very good at exploiting. And I think this could provide some opportunities for the Galaxy. Um, yeah, I, I really hope so. Just because um, for balls and beers, I got MLS really bad this, this week. I don't think I got a single game right. I haven't seen the results yet of this week. Uh, regardless, I mean, I just was looking as, as I was watching, as, you know, as I'm checking off games on my own at the pub I was just like I don't I don't think I've gotten one game right this week so you know I'm hoping to turn that around I mean it's all fun and games right this is why we don't bet money (laughs) at least I don't I know Christian's playing fantasy but um yeah uh thank you again so much for listening oh and by the way U.S. Women's National Team beat Paraguay 8-0 final friendly uh I mean we we briefly discussed kind of the the conundrum of these kind of friendlies on, on Friday, but I, I, I will reiterate, it's so incredibly difficult for me. And I, and I hope this, you know, this nine, no, or eight, no, excuse me, uh, victory kind of galvanizes a lot of the people that need to be galvanized. And I talked about it on Twitter as well. I, 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 there's a Twitter thread that I have about it where it's like, who does this help? This doesn't help anyone, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't help a country like Paraguay and, and Paraguay and both Paraguay and Colombia we played Colombia earlier in the year pre-Olympics. Uh, Both of them came out and said, like, we haven't played games. We didn't play a game in 2020. You know, like, who does this help? And I understand 2020 was a very weird year. Oh, yeah. But who does this help? And, like, who does this service? And, you know, it was awesome. I mean, Rose LaBelle was absolutely electric on the night as the president of the Rose LaBelle hype train will come aboard. Um, Katarina Macario was absolutely electric tonight. As president of the Katarina Macario hype train, I have two trains to run. Um, welcome. Uh, but, it, like, who does this help? And, and I think, I hope this friendly opens a conversation about, you know, how can we better serve these nations that don't get the funding that they deserve? How do we better serve these nations that don't get the opportunities that they deserve? You know, how do, how do we do better by that? And I think that's, that's the biggest takeaway I have from these two games. Yeah, com- completely, completely agreed. If if you haven't watched LFG on HBO Max, um, if you're not already angry at the world, this will definitely make you mad. Um, you know, it's pretty amazing that the U.S. Women's National Team is, what they're able, you know, what they wanted to do, what they're able to do, but also what they've done, that, that, lawsuit what it did for other teams and still yet other teams um are still disenfranchised so just just quickly if i can uh, mm-hmm. make a point before we call it an evening because obviously yes. it's late um what i would oh, say yeah, is in case you don't know this is an after dark episode we're recording and yet not a single curse word has been uttered and I'm, I'm i'm surprised um well, well it turns out we do have children listening <laughs> i i met them so um francisco 
Sergio and Gabriel, if you're listening, thank you so much. What it, what I would say is that, you know, LFG is an incredibly important piece of media in terms of the way that the women's team is perceived. But I'm more, I'm more sympathetic to the Paraguayan national team, to the Colombian national team, to a lot of these national teams in South America where they're just not getting funding. I mean, the the World Cup bid. We talked about this on a previous episode, and and I'll, I'll briefly mention here, but the twenty twenty three. I kind of like that because then people can go back and listen. The 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 twenty twenty three women's World Cup bid went out, and Colombia said, "Oh, well, we won't fund our women's program unless we get the women's World Cup," and like that's what these countries are facing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I it 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 angers me in a way that like. The lever, like you're basically trying to hold "quote unquote" FIFA hostage, or you're "quote unquote" holding FIFA hostage, and saying like, "Well, we won't fund our women's team properly unless you give us the World Cup, the Women's World Cup." Like, is that the argument that you think it is? And that's a reality for a lot of these programs in the women's game outside of Europe and the United States and Canada. You know, and I, 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 it just, how does it, how does it serve, you know, a, a group of Paraguayan women who have done everything they can in a in a incredibly difficult year to go out and lose eight nil like and then go home to a national team program that doesn't support them like there there has to be serious reform and has to be serious conversations and it, it like I it we could be here all night is basically what I'm trying to say mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I think you know I hope that looking at that awakened Paraguayan officials and i hope when columbia came down and 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 got their pasting in houston you know that awakened them that like hey this is something to invest in this is something that matters because these women deserve the same exact dignity that you treat the men's team with and i uh, that is kind of where i come down on all of this Mm -hmm. especially as we Continue World Cup qualifiers, those international duties, and um, how about that Leagues Cup? You really want to be here all night? <laughs> Do we really want to be here all night? This is going to be a long episode. Um, I got a lot of audio to edit. Um, Thank no, you. I, 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 I need more time to kind of fully form my thoughts on it. But I, what, it, what I will say is this is a very big shot I, over across the bow of the CONCACAF Champions League. This is a very big shot. Now, I think no games in, in Mexico is a, a bit of a concern. I think that's going to change over the next couple of weeks. Um, but if you want to send the CONCACAF Champions League into irrelevance, they did a hell of a job doing that when they announced this today. Um, I, I obviously need to do a little bit more research. Um, but yeah, I, I'm i intrigued by this. I wonder where the calendar is going to fit it. I wonder where this is all going to work and i understand there's the month pause in a world where it does feel and especially european players talking about the mileage they've had to put on their bodies over the past two years and then also the fact that they're adding more competitions to the european conference league and then also then we have the world cup coming in winter and all the rest of it it feels like the united states and mexico are kind of doing that as well at what point do the players kind of say eh you know this is too much too much work and I think that's coming soon. Uh, I, I think that's a very complex conversation that we can do on another episode about, you know. Oh, totally. But since they announced it, I just decided, you know what, let's, let's touch that base. 
I think it's, I think it's, I think we're, we are talking about a very complex and delicate situation that we don't know a lot about. It's just an announcement, as you said, um, it's, it's going to take time. And I, 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 I wonder as we see things get flushed out a little bit more and, and, and as we see things kind of become very clear, I'm intrigued as to see how the players are going to respond to this because I mean, it wasn't nigh two months ago that Eden Hazard and, and other players were saying, well, no one cares about us. And it was like, no one cares about like the work we put in. So I think that's going to be an interesting crux of conversation um, in, in this whole entire thing. And I, I think kind of my general sense of where we're headed in, in football, God, I've become that person, uh, in football in general is that I think players are going to start taking a little bit more autonomy. I just don't see how players taking more autonomy allows this to happen. So it's going to be an interesting conversation. That's, that's kind of where I, I start this at. Time to take League's Cup seriously. Well, yeah, I, I think it's been taken seriously. I mean, if you look at the way that Seattle, the, the lineup Seattle fielded against, um, did they play, they played Tigres or did they play? What about the G's though? Uh, that was weird, I think. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, also, that was a... <laughs> well, like, keep in mind where the Galaxy were at that point in time. Like, I mean, it was a weird G's team at that point in time. It you really know? was. Like, look at who scored. You're like, yeah. really? Quayle? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Whatever happened to him? Jeez. Uh, he moved on. I actually had a, a little crush on him, and he, he's moved on to another team. And I think he has a girlfriend now, which who doesn't? Anyway. Womp womp. <laughs> oh, sorry. Edit that out. Okay. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to our episode After Dark. This has been Simply Soccer Season 3, Episode 22, coming at you on September 22nd with, by the time this posts. Um, thank you so much to Christian. I'm not going to get us copyright striked by singing a certain Earth, Wind & Fire song because it is still September 21st. Ah, yes, that's right. Well, and I was going to say uh, MLS CONCACAF is bored to be wild. So here's another song to get in your head. Um, yeah, so, you know, hang in there, everybody, uh, as, you know, we've got a full moon and Mercury's in Gatorade and all that fun stuff. Um, we really appreciate you. I can't thank enough, uh, for those of you who showed up for the pop-up and made it happen. And to the 20 people who bought, uh, issue two and one of our magazines. So, so thank you. Thank you. Um, Yeah. We'll see you so, in person on October 3rd, but we'll be recording here, and yes. Um, so just thank you so much to all of you who bought the articles. Um, it's an amazing piece. I am so excited to get my physical copies on October 3rd. You should be as well, and you should get on it if you haven't. Um, Michelle wrote an amazing piece. I wrote a, what I think is a cool piece. Um, also, please, on your podcast app, please give us five stars. Like and subscribe. Tell your friends, because it helps us find like-minded soccer fans like you. Um, who love our After Dark episodes and everything else. Um, and we'd love to bring you more content. It really means a lot to us. Um, if you want me to do my Ep Emperor Palpatine and take over Chair One, please comment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you all. I, it, it means a lot. You know, yeah, seriously, thank, thank you. Thank you, Christian. Um, I am so glad that I can count on you. You know, you know Scott forbid, I fall under the weather again but again i teach middle schoolers now you guys so um you know christian i know you've got a lot on your plate too so it's it's been incredible um to be able to work with you and and be able to to get these articles done and we're working hard on on issue three um but before 
uh, we take off, I, I also want to, um, yeah, I mean, just, just overall, just this gratefulness. Uh, I have met many fans who actually have no social media presence and actually found us because of the podcast, because of word of mouth. Um, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it really shows us how important, um, the fans obviously are in case you didn't know that you guys and, uh, how important our listeners truly are. And it's always a pleasure to meet you all. It's, it, it's been an absolutely wonderful ride.